Welcome to the Work Wonders Podcast, where we simplify HR for small business. I'm Angela. And I'm Susan. Let's dive into today's episode and see what you've been wondering about. In today's episode, Susan and I are going to tell you a little bit about the sorts of things that we've been helping our clients with recently. We'll tell you a little bit about what challenges these businesses are facing and how we've helped them navigate to the other side. So let's get started. This is the Work Wonders Podcast. Hi, Angela. Hi, Susan. Yes, today's episode is a bit of an experiment. Yeah, let's see how we go. Please listen, let us know what you think, and also let us know if you'd like more of this sort of content. So, Angela, what have you been up to lately? Well, look... Um, end of financial year, I was going to say EFE, is, um, oh. <laughs> is always a bit of a um, full-on time for me. So there's quite a number of things happening that I'm keeping on track of for my clients and informing them about. So I'm thinking about things like the superannuation guarantee rate is increasing. So mm-hmm. from 1 July, that's going up to 10.5%. Um, we've also had single-touch payroll, which we've talked about in a previous episode that has come into place. There's a bit of work there in terms of getting my clients up to date with that one. Um, long service leave, there's a bit of a change there. COVID, thanks a lot. <laughs> so, um, changed a lot of things. And during COVID, there was sort of a in-place arrangement for long service leave to be taken in a different way. Um, and that's now standing. So around the ability for people to take that a day at a time, you know, rather than having to take it in, a, in two big chunks or one chunk. And I noticed also recently like in the last week, that um, COVID provisions have been removed from mm. modern awards. From That must be from 1st of July to... Yes, yeah, yeah. Does that so, affect some of your clients as well? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, the SHADS Award, which is one of the biggest awards that I play with a lot of clients I have... What does that stand for? Social... Put you com- on the spot, oh. sorry. Social Community and... Oh, no, Social Community Home Care and Disability Services. Okay. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which used to be something else. It used to be SAC, Social and Thank Community you. Services, yeah. Yes. Every four years, the um, Fair Work Commission do their review of the Modern Award and they've done that for this award and there's a whole lot of changes coming. So um, for a lot of my clients that are affected by this, I've given out that information and um, what that impacts are for, for their business. So if there's anyone listening who hasn't mm. thought that through yet, they should definitely get in touch with you, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. I did a, a webinar on that, so okay. um, that was really thorough. So anybody that's interested, that would probably be the first place to go. On my website, there's access to that free webinar. Excellent. Um, and yeah, get in touch if you'd like to discuss that more. Great. Uh, there's also been the annual wage review, so that happens around this time every year. Um, the brand new government that we have in Australia has increased it, the minimum wage that is, um, to 5.2% higher. That's actually the highest re- rise that we've seen in over 16 years. Wow, it's mm. a long time. So some of those modern awards are going to change by um, up to about 4.6%. So that's right. a, a pretty big change for across the board for a lot of people. So you're keeping your clients informed about that? I've seen you on yeah. social media sharing that information. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they just need to be assured that, you know, if it does affect their award, they need to check their payroll, that they're, you know, linked with um, the right pay rates and that sort of thing, making sure that any other changes also um, for their award is is being updated. Yep. 
What about you, Susan? What's been keeping you busy? Oh, lots. <laughs> Actually, since we've um, started this podcast, there's been quite a few interesting projects that we've got to work on at Balance at Work. Um, one of the smaller ones, but still a lot of fun and very satisfying. Um, I sure, I'm sure you'll appreciate this, Angela. It has been a succession planning oh, um, situation where although we're not involved in the ins and outs of the succession plan or the you know how that's going to work um, financially the situation was where there's a CEO of a small business mm-hmm. who would like to bring in one of his current staff members as a partner and eventual successor. Oh right, yep. So where we got involved was by getting them to both do the Harrison assessment. Oh, I love the Harrison. Yeah. And um, you'll be familiar with the Paradox Report. I am. So we ran the Paradox Report and a couple of others on both of them um, after they each completed the assessment, which only takes 20 minutes Hmm. or so, and then sent them the reports. And then I did a debrief. They were in a different state. I was able to do that over Zoom with both of them in the same room and had a really useful discussion about fit and... Uh, complementarity, shall we say. Um, The thing that was really inspiring to me about this was that uh, some of the results in the CEO's report I would have found quite confronting if they were about me. Right. But he he basically went, yeah, yeah, that's that's quite accurate. Okay, very self-aware. Yeah, very self-aware. It helps a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It really helps a lot. And we were able to have a discussion about where the current staff member, potential successor, has strengths that the current business owner maybe oh. lacks in, in some areas. Lovely. And really, I wasn't telling them a lot that they didn't already know but hadn't really put words to mm. because often when people work together for, I think, I can't remember how long the um, potential success has been there, maybe seven years or something. But when you work together for a few years or more, Mm. you do tend to pick up the slack in areas where other people aren't so strong. Um, A bit like us with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all have strengths in different ways. Yeah, exactly. So I find that really satisfying because you you know that there's a way forward for them and we're able to flag these are certain things that you need to look out for. Yeah. These are areas where um, one or the other might need to develop if you're going to work together as partners in the future and if you know this person's going to eventually take over the business. So It's always love- good to have a plan. It is good to have a plan. <laughs> but sometimes the hardest part is knowing where to start, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like that was a great outcome. Yeah. Or is, is in, the, in the way. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Angela, I know you use Harrison as well. Have you mm. had any experiences with it lately? Oh, yeah. I've used it a couple of times recently, actually, with clients where we're recruiting new staff for their business or re- replacing staff for, for their businesses. So there's been a lot of recruitment on lately, actually. Um, so I have been, yes, absolutely using Harrison. I love it. It's a great tool, usually for those positions that are at a higher, more executive level, mm-hmm. um, but it can be used any at any level of, of role. But it's a really great tool to understand more about a person's tendencies and what they're likely to do in the job, where their strengths lie. Um, and it's more telling than just from interviewing someone I find. What do you think? I know you've used it before. 
Oh, yeah. Especially in that recruitment situation, it often brings up things that you just can't possibly get out of a resume or an interview. And quite often things that people might not be so aware of themselves Mm. either. Yeah, absolutely. So these roles that I've been recruiting are executive level roles. They're a critical leadership position for Mm. these organisations. So it's it's absolutely paramount that these roles are chosen correctly or the people in these roles are chosen correctly. So it's about understanding what strengths they need to do the role well, what strengths they need for leadership. Again, talking about what you've offered there around cohesion, you know, how mm. people work together and, and understanding, well, this is what we already have in the team, but this is what we need and that sort of thing. So they've been invaluable. So it might help our listeners if you could give some examples of the sort of traits that you're looking for in a leader. You know, what are some of the things that the Harrison assessment measures that you would put in your template when you're recruiting for those sort of roles? Um, Yeah, okay. So the obvious one there, I guess, is wanting to lead. They have to Mm. have a real interest in doing that. And I guess in those first few moments when it's required in, in a particular scenario, is a person likely to jump to that leadership position, take a position of authority and lead the ship forward, so to speak? So yeah, you want them to step up. Yeah. And that's um, important also in the sort of succession planning context yeah. I was looking at because quite often people will think, oh, you know, this guy's really – or girl um, – is really good yeah. at whatever. Yeah. Um, but they might be happy doing that. They've yes. got no desire whatsoever to be yes. in a leadership role. The other one is strategic. So thinking mm-hmm. strategically um, rather than just, you know, being great at what you're offering there, like, you know, the service delivery or, or great mm. at the doing, but also having that brain and that happiness to sort of think forward, to plan and to, um, yeah, strategize and manage. You know, often these organisations I'm working with have multiple programs, multiple different things they're working on. And so it's about, you know, having all of those under your wing and taking the whole organisation forward in a positive way and having everybody singing the same song. Yeah. With recruitment as well, I've been doing some training myself around the EVP or Employee Value Proposition and trying to better the way that I'm offering my services to clients around representing their brand when we're advertising a job and capturing attention of people. We all know it's tough to find candidates right now. Oh, yeah. Um, But bettering myself to find ways to advertise that in a more effective way. So that's something I'm trying to improve as well for my clients. Okay, that's excellent. Are you enjoying the Work Wonders podcast? We started it to help people just like you. If you have questions, please send them through via our website and we'll make sure we cover them in future episodes. So uh, when you were talking about the leadership Mm. traits earlier, uh, reminded me of another project I've been working yeah. on with the team and that was um, a 360-degree leadership survey that was feeding into a leadership development program for a group of 23 people leaders mm-hmm. within an organisation. So our role in that project is essentially we design the survey in consultation with the client. In their case, they incorporate things like their their cultural uh, settings that they want within the organisation and their values. And so as well as having typical leadership uh, requirements in there, like you know, people answering questions about people's communication and their leadership and collaboration and things like that, the feedback providers also 
have to provide feedback around how this person lives the values of the organisation or demonstrates the culture of the organisation. So in this case, we've been doing this survey for a few years Mm -hmm. and watching people develop over those years. Uh, Probably the most satisfying part about this, and I think I even put something on LinkedIn about it, is uh, we get to read all the comments, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's not just the ratings. We have to actually go through the comments just to check that everything's okay. No one's going to get too upset about the feedback. What I find so satisfying and I love about reading these comments is how supportive they all are of each other. So it's obviously a great culture there in the organisation. And something we've learnt over the years is that if we're going to do 360-degree feedback, we need to ask specific questions first to work out the preparedness of Mm. the organisation. Are they actually mature enough to be able to do this without looking at it as a free-for-all to... You know, just criticise yeah. <laughs> the people they don't like <laughs> who write nasty things. Don't worry, yeah. I've seen it. But in this case, you know, just lovely, lovely comments. That's like great. that, And, you know, genuine comments yeah. as well. Like that uh, a certain staff member is a pleasure to interact with and always does a great job oh, for, nice. for everyone. Or um, there's even been comments along the lines of, I can't wait to see how you develop in the future in this organisation because you've got so much potential. Now, imagine the impact that would have on you if you were the person receiving that feedback. That's the goal, right? To have a culture that is just so collaborative and lovely to each other. Yeah, exactly. And even when they're pointing out negative things, it's more from the context of, if you could do a bit more of A, then um, you would probably feel like you were achieving what you wanted to achieve here. Right. Yeah, so a more productive than, answer. Yeah, rather than saying you should be doing this better because... Because you should. Because <laughs> you should, yeah. So making it more personal and um, motivating. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And for listeners that might not know what a 360 is, could you tell us, you know, what's involved? Oh, yeah, sure. Um so we use a tool called SpiderGap, which is an online platform. So all the questions are designed in there and then we import all the feedback providers and the participants. So everyone gets to give feedback on themselves as mm-hmm. well and make comments themselves. So once we have all the details of all those participants, they get imported into the system and then we can send out an email to each participant with links to each of the individual surveys that they need to complete. Because the surveys are all the same, but they're answering questions about different people. And, okay. you know, as you can imagine, if you're higher up in the organisation or you have a big team or you have a lot of peers, you might have to answer a lot of surveys. Lot, yeah. um, my top tip is to give yourself plenty of time <laughs> and not try and do it all at the last minute. So uh, they go out and then we monitor that and send regular reminders Uh to the people who haven't completed it. And then once the survey closes, um, to be honest, we're still sending reminders (laughs) to a few people who've left at the last minute when they had 15 to do. Uh, And then once they're all in, then we share that we can do all this electronically, Mm -hmm. share the reports with the reviewer in the organisation who then shares the reports across the organisation. And um, in this case, they uh, this year they went to the managers and the um, person involved and they were able to then have a one-on-one conversation about the feedback mm. 
and look at development areas. So I should have mentioned built into the report is a personal development plan. Uh So there's a heap of data in an appendix as well where they can actually see where they were rated by different groups of people that they interact with. So uh, depending on how many reviewers you have, because to maintain confidentiality, each group has to, except for the immediate supervisor, each group has to have a minimum number of people because we want the people giving feedback to feel confident that it's not going to be exposed who they were. Um, although a lot of people are quite happy for it to be clear who they are. So the data is broken down so you can actually see you know, what your supervisor said compared to your peers mm-hmm. and to the people who report to you. And sometimes we also send it to external stakeholders. Okay. So there might be clients or there might be suppliers just to see how someone's interacting externally. And it can be quite interesting to see the differences one thing that stands out often is that the individual rates themselves lower oh, okay. than the other group. That is interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And those who do rate themselves higher, then there has to be a bit of a reality check conversation. <laughs> so we've been doing a bit of work on remote work lately, but I think you have too, Angela. Yeah, I put together a presentation and some recommendations around uh, keeping in remote workers engaged. Oh, okay. Mm. So I had some tips in there around, you know, COVID has shifted everything and, you know, we've all, probably most of us, not everybody, but most of us have had a chance to work from home. Some of us are still doing it. But there is this rise of this hybrid workplace where some employees are working from home sometimes and from the office sometimes. And You know what? I think we should do an episode on that. The reason I say that is because I've just recently come off a project that was all about transitioning a workforce to a hybrid workplace. And that was also a fascinating project. Led to me doing a whole lot of research in this area and... Gosh, there's a lot out there. There's more and more being published every day. As people are trying to get their head around it, I think what happened was we went from everyone's got to work from home and that's it and people scrambled to do that. It was sort of crisis mode to now, at least in Australia, people have been back in the workplace since early this year but are finding that not everyone wants to be there. So this project that we've just completed, it was really interesting from that aspect because it meant that we had to analyse what they're doing now, including consulting with people, managers in the organisation and the executive around what's working, what's not working, what they think should happen instead, and what are the risks and benefits to their ideas and the, the current situation. And then from that, come up with some advice and some next steps in terms of where they can take that going forward. If you're an, a mid-sized organisation without a huge HR team trying to work that out, then um, yeah, we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> So we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. It's been a little bit different and we'd love to hear your thoughts. If you like this type of content, please let us know and we'll keep more coming. Thank you for listening to the Work Wonders podcast. Hit subscribe now so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's, why not tell your friends and maybe even leave us a review? So what have you been wondering about? You can pop onto our website, workwonderspodcast.com.au and let us know. We'll talk to you again soon.